0: eric collins one of the best in the business legendary can't give him a good enough intro eric how's it going today my man
1: little disappointed that i'm slipping in your eyes why am i one of the best in the business man it used to be the best in the business good man. question What's
0: going on here That's you know what somewhere you know what i am slacking this man is the best in the business what is wrong with me eric what is wrong <laughs> with me <laughs> is it cold enough up there for you or how's the weather in milwaukee
1: colder than a polar bear's toenails, man. All right. It's, uh, it's basketball weather. We're playing inside tonight, so I'm not too worried about
0: it. <laughs> All right. So that gets us started with one of the, 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 the great sayings that you have. So I want to know for tonight's game, one of my favorite things about your broadcast are the just the, the, the great facts that you have that are so obscure, and it just shows how prepared you are. I told these guys just the process when we're in meetings, the stuff that you come in and hit us with, you had a stat in the, uh, one of the last couple of games about left-handed scorers in NBA history, and it was just <laughs> insane. So give us a great one tonight or maybe your best for tonight's game that you're going to unveil. All
1: right, I'll, I'll give you a sneak preview because I just spent 20 minutes going down this rabbit hole. I just pitched it to my producer, so we'll see whether that I can take the bait or not, but this is what I want to do. We always do something called like a player comparison at the end of the game. It's like, you know, which point guard has the most assists and all that kind of stuff. So I said, hey, if I want to think outside the box, Milwaukee's got a guy in Pat Gonaton who used to play professional baseball as a pitcher, drafted in the fourth round by the Baltimore Orioles, spent one season playing minor league baseball. I said, My partner, Dell Curry, got drafted by the Orioles as two. He also was uh, spent a little bit of time. He played briefly for the Gastonia Rangers back in the day. I think that would be a great story. So I went down this rabbit hole, and I I found this website, and I have both of their numbers. Del Curry's pitching numbers when he pitched his one game for the Gastonia Rangers, and Pat Connaughton's numbers when he pitched six minor league games for the Aberdeen Ironbirds back in uh, 2014. So that's my factoid of the game. I want to work it in there somewhere that we have a connection between Del Curry, 6'5", right-handed throwing pitcher, and Pat Connaughton, a 6'5", right-handed throwing pitcher, both involved in today's game here in negative five degree Milwaukee.
0: Hmm. That is amazing. I did not know Dale played baseball like that. And then he played for Gastonia. Yeah, that's right. Well, wow. Well,
1: we're going to get to it on the air, but I think the story was he got drafted twice just because he looks the part You know, six, five strong, right-handed played a little baseball, but George Shin, who was the previous owner of the, the Hornets back in the nineties, he also owned the Gastonia Rangers. And so it's kind of like a cross promotional thing. And he was hoping to get people at the ballpark and he knew that Dell, Used to be a baseball prospect. So he mm. says, hey, would you mind pitching a game? So he signed him to a one-day contract and had him pitch. And I think Muggs actually played second base. So there's more to the story, but we'll get onto that tonight. All
0: right, Eric. So when people watch the Hornets this year, especially with the rec- the record, the way the season's been going, a lot of us are hoping for Victor Wembanyama. I- is this a guy that you would love to see in a Charlotte uniform? Which I feel like I know the answer to that. But the biggest question is. Would he make you lose your voice on a nightly basis with some of the things that he could do? Would you even be able to be prepared to make some of the calls for some of the things he could do?
1: Yeah, I, you know, I I, I got to see it to believe it. You know, I don't watch a ton of kind of like uh, French pro league tapes. so I don't really know exactly what this guy's all about. But his, his type kind of scares me a little bit. You know, seven foot five and skinny. I know he can handle it. He's got crazy athletic ability and unbelievable hand-eye coordination. But I got to see it first, man. You know, I'm a big believer that there's a certain body that works in the NBA. And uh, obviously these really smart people and all these scouts are big fans. But if the Hornets, whoever they get, man, I know there's this guy, Amen Thomas. Thompson is supposed to be great. And Henderson is supposed to be a lot of fun to watch. So I'm not putting all my eggs in one basket because seven foot four scares me sometimes. I've seen a lot of the the Ralph Sampson's of the world and the, the Sean Bradleys of the world, and even Christophe Porzingis, man. It's hard to hold up when you're that big. So I'd, I'd be happy with whoever the Hornets get. If it's a high pick and someone feels strongly about it, You know, I'll, I'll learn to live with it.
2: Oh, well, Eric, I mean, plus, with you being the play-by-play announcer, you want Scoot Henderson or A-Man Thomas because you want the nicknames. You want the ease there. <laughs> like, I know the scouting report from a play-by-play announcer, and Wimby you can work with, but those guys are pure gold coming here in Charlotte. Well, there's one
1: person who doesn't want to Anderson coming to town, and it's uh, the sideline reporter that I work with, Ashley Shomedy. She went to the exact same high school in Atlanta that he went to. And right now I think she enjoys being kind of the coolest person living in Charlotte. I'm from that high school. She would quickly be a. Uh, Overtaken
2: if Jude Henderson showed up in town. Oh, okay, we'll see. The fans, they like Ashley Shametti on the sideline. They like Eric Collins calling the games as well for Bally here. Charlotte Hornets is what we're discussing. They have a game tonight against Milwaukee, a couple more road games after that. And Eric, I wanted to get to one of the interviews that we had with you on Lockdown Hornets. And I, I remember something that stuck with me that you talked about was. Your understanding of not only everything going on with both teams, but you do have this attitude of being the most prepared compared to everybody else in that building anytime that you call a game. And that's something that really stuck with me just because of your emphasis put in that. When did that start to develop for you as you were calling games and as that's kind of gone on throughout your career, just having the information, everything that you have within that brain being more prepared than anybody else in the building?
1: Uh, that's a great question. I, I got really super lucky. You know, my first job in the business, I was the number two broadcaster in nineteen ninety six for the Rochester Red Wings, the minor league baseball team. And the guy who was the number one was a guy named Glenn Geffner who for years has done the Miami Marlins on radio now. But Glenn just prepared in a certain way, it blew me away. And so every day I go to the ballpark and literally I do I knew nothing about broadcasting or play by play. And I would watch how he would get ready and he would just pour over notes He would go to the library i'll never forget this one time this is pre-internet 1996 and we're getting ready to take on the pawtucket red sox the boston red sox affiliate and they had a player by the name of archimedes pozo and glenn was like well hold it. there's just no way i can do a broadcast and not talk about the great mathematician and the philosopher and the astronomer archimedes so he went to the library and spent two hours of his life figuring out who archimedes was so he could drop all his mathematical knowledge and all of his scientific knowledge about Archimedes from way back in the day. So the series is getting ready to start. They're taking batting practice, and Archimedes Poser as taking round balls at second base, wasn't looking, got hit in the side of the head, never played that entire three-game series. <laughs> so my buddy Glenn had spent two hours of his life just coming up with every factoid he could just to make sure that everyone understood something about this guy's name, and it all went in the garbage. But it still worked, because... He showed me, hey, this is what you need to do. This is the level you need to get to. Anything that could possibly come up in a game, you got to be ready to talk about it and be an expert on it. So I've taken that lead. He showed me a great example, and I just, I believe it, and I love it. My the thing is to, to do research, to go down rabbit holes and to come up with stuff that I didn't know before. So I like passing that along, and that's just kind of been who I've been ever since I got into
2: the business. No, it's awesome stuff. And I do have a question too. Unfortunately, this season has not gone the way that Hornets fans wanted it to. And a lot of that is because of injuries because you don't have Miles Bridges this year because LaMelo Ball has been injured three separate times. And then when you get him back, Dennis Smith Jr. is out. We get the whole story. My question to you, Eric, is... When do you start to unload the fun trivia, the facts, the blowout material? How often do you get to the end of the game, too? This is another one, like a bonus question. How often do you get to the end of the game, and you still have just a ton of info left over that you didn't share with the audience?
1: Just empty the bag, yeah. Well, You know what? I, I haven't been shy about it. I'm from Cleveland, Ohio. So I grew up with you know sports that were not elite. And to me, any game that was on television was gold because we didn't have all these games for the Cleveland Cavaliers televised. We didn't have all 162 for the Indians televised. So we'd only get 15 a year, you know, and it was just destination viewing. I got the TV guide and leap through it and circle things and make sure I was in front of the television because just getting a chance to see a game meant something to me. And I didn't care if the Indians were 12 games below 500. I didn't care if it was, you know, snowing sideways. I didn't care if it was August and there was nothing else going on in the standings. It was an event. You know, every single game is an event in itself. And so I started every single game the same way. You know, I'm looking for something fun and and a win and something to smile about and something to find joy in. And eventually things start to unravel. You know, I start to figure it out in the third quarter and the fourth quarter. Then you go a little bit deeper and you start peeling back the onion a little bit. But at the beginning of every single game, I think that tonight's game is going to be the most important game of the the year. And I think the game that we're going to play in two days' time in Chicago, when we get to that game, it's going to be the most important game. Because who knows, you know, if you're only watching one game, if you've got some job when you're in some coal mine every single day, but you've got one night to watch a Hornets game, and this is the night you're going to watch. Hey, we're going to celebrate it, man. I'm going to bring something to the table for you, you know, because I don't know if you're going to come back. You know, I want to give you my best. So That's kind of my thought process at all times is I want to give the best broadcast every single night whenever I can.
0: And, Eric, playing off of that, a lot of people don't know. Like last year when I was doing Hornets, On the nights you guys might be gone or the nights you were doing college basketball games, I would be cutting the highlights for those games. And I don't know how many people just know that you do that as well. What is your process when you have Hornets games in a week that you might have uh, ACC football or ACC basketball, but you're still so well prepared for everything that you do in a given week? How (laughs) hectic is that?
1: Well, the Internet's a crazy thing, man. It's all there if you know where to look. So it's not as hard as it used to be. You know, back in the day, you'd have to kind of wait for people to come out with their game notes, and you'd have to just have reams and reams of magazines just kind of sitting in your closet you'd have to refer to. So things have gotten a lot easier. Uh, and I've got a process, you know. I kind of understand what makes me, what helps me work, and I'm kind of, i able to kind of compartmentalize. And what's important, I'm able to kind of put in front of me. And what's not important, I'm able to kind of just put them back. So it's not that hard. It's, like I said, it's a labor of love. It's truly what I love to do is researching athletes and talk, telling their stories.
0: So out of all the games that you've done, I know this is crazy, but do you have a most memorable call or a favorite call or two or three of them that you can think of off the top of your head where you just really love
1: them? <laughs> well, I'm a baseball guy kind of growing up, and I did uh, I did the first six-person no-hitter in the history of the major leagues. I was working for the Dodgers back in the day, and we were up in Seattle, and Kevin Millwood was the starting pitcher for the Seattle Mariners. He threw five no-hit innings, and then he came up for the sixth, and while he threw a warm-up pitch, he pulled his groin, so he had to leave. And the next thing you know, there's this parade of pitchers going in. That was kind of cool for a baseball guy who would, you know, every single baseball game I go to, if it's a Knights game, whatever, I'm rooting for a no-hitter. <laughs> At the first inning, I'm like, come on, I don't want history to happen. I'm rooting either for a no-hitter or someone hit four home runs in a game. I'd like something special. So that's the most uh, distinctive baseball game that I can remember. My most significant call that I like, just because it's recent, I did a college football game this past year, and no one probably ever saw it. But it was Kansas against, I don't even remember who it was. But they had this kid named Daniel Hyshaw, and he had this catch and run, and it lasted about 20 seconds, it seemed like, because he was spinning and bouncing, and I was screaming and going up and down. Uh, That's one of my favorite calls, of recent vintage. Daniel Hyshaw's touchdown run. Kansas. So for those of you who have the uh, the mind and the time, I, I'm sure they on, one of the best things that I think I've been associated with.
0: If, if I'm not mistaken, that was a Kansas Duke game because I was doing highlights for that game. I, I think that's what ah, it was. Yeah.
1: Sounds right. <laughs> All right, so, folks. One last one is the, the Zach Levine shot. When Zach Levine hit a oh. shot against us a couple of years ago. Don't remind us
0: of that, Eric. That
2: Don't do that.
0: <laughs> that one's tough. Yeah, one man. Time. Man, all of the calls are great. Like I said, my mom and Bryce, they love it. They're always cracking up. I always text Eric during the games and tell him how much my mom and Bryce love his calls. I love his calls. Everybody loves the call, folks. It's the great Eric Collins, the best, the biggest in the business. Was that good enough, E? (laughs)
1: Hey, just what a good guy you are, Wes. Last year, the entire year, I was calling you Wild Wild West and giving a reference to Houdini the old rap band back in the 80s. And it wasn't until like the fifth month that I've worked with you, he said, you know what, Eric, that song is actually by cool Mode. So I appreciate you for not throwing me at the you, bus, man. You're, you're, you're a gentleman.
0: No doubt, man. Appreciate it. E, catch them tonight. Bucks and Hornets on Bally's Sports South, man. Eric, appreciate you so much, man.
1: Hey, anytime. Love working with you guys. Thanks.